Al Jazeera podcast. After tough journeys, thousands of asylum seekers are crossing into the U.S. every day. Despite the obstacles and barriers, their number is growing. Immigration divides American politics and will be a central issue in next year's presidential election. So why is it so emotive? And what's the solution? I'm Laura Kyle, and you're listening to the Inside Story podcast, where we dissect, analyze, and help define major global stories. Let's bring in our guests now. And in Washington, D.C., we have Niam Bikata, Associate Professor at the School of Public Policy and the University of Maryland. Niam is a specialist on race and ethnic politics. In New York, Rebecca Wolf, Policy Counsel for the Immigration Justice Campaign at the American Immigration Council. And also in Washington, D.C., is John Ferry, partner at EFP Advocacy. He's a Republican, a political communications strategist and a columnist for The Hill. A very warm welcome to all of you. Rebecca, let's start with you because the numbers are staggering. Nearly 9,000 people crossing every day. Why are we seeing so many people right now? I think it's important to look at it in the context of the last few years. Part of the reason that there are such high numbers coming in is that uh, under both the Biden administration and the Trump administration, our border was essentially closed and you had people under what was called the Title 42 program being expelled. And what that does is, in addition to the conditions that are forcing people to migrate, you also had a number of people that were stuck. Uh, at our border and in Mexico, fleeing but not allowed to come into the to the United States. And so, in addition, as I said, to the conditions in these countries that people are fleeing, our policies have exacerbated the situation. John, do you agree with that? Do you agree that now the border is more open than it was before under Biden and Trump? Yeah, it's a complete mess. It's been a mess for a while. I've been calling for a complete overhaul of our immigration system. We need more immigration judges. We need a better control of the border. We need a more orderly process. The system is completely broken down. And I think both everybody get, deserves some blame for it. But, you know, we do have a need for immigrants in this country. We do need to fill jobs in this country. But it needs to be an orderly process. And it needs to be done in a way that we're controlling it and not just be, being controlled by events. And uh, right now, it's a complete mess. You say it's a complete mess. We have got President Joe Biden trying to bring some order to the process with his new policies. John, do you not see those as move, moves in the right direction? Well, uh, yeah, if you're talking about the, uh, what, what's going on with the Venezuelans, we're getting TPS protection. You know, I think what that actually does is it, it gets more people in Venezuela and other countries to say, hey, we got a shot at c coming here, and it becomes a magnet, so even more people come to the border trying to get in. Uh, you know, we need a comprehensive strategy that deals with diplomacy with Mexico and, and Central America. But we, first of all, we need to control the border, which we, we don't control. And, I, you know, we should have. We were trying to build a wall there, and all that stopped during the Biden administration. And, you know, when people think they can get in, they, they try harder. And when they think they're going to succeed and, and be able to kind of work here without any kind of, you know, legal repercussions, they, 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 they take their chances, and that's why they're coming. OK, um, just for our viewers, the, the TPS that John's referring to is temporary protected status that Biden has recently extended to a number of Venezuelans who are already in the United States. Uh, Nayambi, I was actually thinking more in terms of what Biden was trying to do at the border in terms of turning people away who didn't 
who hadn't already sought for asylum in another country and forbidding them re-entry within five years. Some look at that as being as tough as Trump was and are very critical that he's gone that far. Well, thank you for having me. And certainly, I mean, Biden has not been soft on the issue of immigration, contrary to what many people would suggest. I mean, he's ramped up deportations. I mean, part of what we're seeing at the border, at least, is that um, the U.S. is sort of changing people's status, but they're denying them status as well. So it's not that the border is out of control and people are just coming. And TPS certainly uh, doesn't offer anyone other than people who are already here in the U.S. an opportunity to be here. It doesn't extend to people who are just getting here. Uh, you can ask Haitians, you can ask folks from Sierra Leone. That's not how TPS works. But I think Joe Biden has kind of seen um, or is being portrayed as being soft on the issue of immigration. But I mean, even the app system that they engaged to uh, process applications was roundly criticized because a lot of people don't have access to cell phones and other kinds of things. So I think the Biden administration is probably being seen as more liberal on this issue than it is. And I, I would have to disagree with my colleague in that I don't think a wall is going to stop people who are desperate. And I mm. think that's something we have to deal with, this root cause of why people are coming. And it's not about policies that many people may or may not even be aware of. It's about the home country conditions and other things that are pushing people here, despite the dangers, despite the, the, the lack of possibility, even that they will be granted um, some sort of asylum status. And, Rebecca, we're seeing that uh, playing out right now, aren't we? Because despite this, this tough policy from Biden, it acted for a deterrent for about a month after Title 42 expired and people weren't quite sure how it was going to work. But now, as we've started by saying in this programme, the numbers are rising so much despite these new policies being put in place. There's very little that's actually going to deter people from trying to get into the United States. Well, I think that's right. And I think that there are also um, some misconceptions of uh, who is coming and how, uh, demonstrated by my colleague as well. Uh, these are not people that are just coming in and being given status. That is not how it works. Um, people are temporary protected status is something that has been around for decades and has been used temporarily, as is in the name, to provide people with the ability to stay and work when conditions in their home countries, which are also temporary, make it so that returning them is uh, simply against U.S. Uh, policy and also against the United States moral and ethical obligations. I think that it's also really important to contextualize this uh, talking point that there are simply, uh, our border is simply being overrun by people. That is not what is happening. Uh, as you mentioned, we, the Biden administration has implemented a number of policies uh, in attempting to create more pathways that are orderly uh, so that people can, can come and um, not necessarily stay uh, permanently, but be able to work provide for themselves uh, and, and contribute to the economy while their immigration court cases, which they have a right to pursue, uh, um, go through the courts. I would agree that we certainly need things like more immigration judges and more legal and, and um, orderly pathways to enter the United States, but that does not need to be paired with a total uh, disregard for our obligations under U.S. and international law to allow people to seek asylum in the United States. John, what's your response to that? 
Well, listen, I think that the conditions in Venezuela and Nicaragua are are, are, are really problematic, and we have to be sympathetic to uh, the, the, the problems that Venezuelans and Nicaraguans and others uh, who have terrible governance uh, deal with. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's hard to say that um, with all that's going on, the reason we're having this program is because people perceive that the border is being overrun and that we don't have control over the border and that people are coming here in ways that are um, inhumane, really. And I think that we we, ought, we need a, we need better policies. I don't think that the Biden administration can claim that this has been a success because I think it's been a terrible disaster. And I think one of the things that what's happened, why this has become a bigger issue, is that the governor of Texas uh, and at the times the governor of Florida has uh, actually taken some of these uh, uh, immigrants or illegal immigrants and, and taken them to northern cities. And you have people like Eric Adams and Brandon Johnson kind of say, listen, we can't afford this because all these immigrants are coming in. Um, and so I think that, you know, people outside of Texas are starting to understand how big of a problem this is. And, and they're, they're starting to get really irritated with the increase in crime and the general lawlessness that happens with a, a completely broken border. So okay. to the, 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 the bottom I'm just going to jump that, in there, John, because I think you had a, a good point up until uh, we started blaming immigrants for increasing crime. But before that, I think you had a good point that I'd like to put to Nambi, which is that the cities of Chicago, of New York, these places that are far from the border are actually having to confront a large number of migrants coming in to the city, seeking shelter, seeking ways to survive with employment. And they are struggling. And these leaders of the cities are turning to Joe Biden and saying, look, what are you going to do about it? Absolutely. And I will say this. I think it's important that we don't conflate the asylum process with other kinds of immigration processes. Seeking asylum is not illegal. Right? Mm -hmm. It is a protected right that people have. Yes, the receiving nation has a right to decide who um, they admit, but it is not an illegal process. And I think it's interesting that there's all this hand-wringing over migrants from the South, yet when Biden said, I'm going to allow in 100,000 Ukrainians, there wasn't even so much as a whimper about whether we would be able to afford this, how would we be able to shelter, how would we be able to, to employ these people. So I think it's really interesting that there are some people that we view as having rightful claims to asylum and others is not. Now, Certainly, um, the mayors of Chicago and the mayors of, of New York understand immigration. They may not be as close to the border, but they are traditional receiving contacts for immigrants. So it's not as if they don't understand. I do think this is more about proving a political point than trying to spread the pain, if you will, of how we address um, our immigration system. And I think most Americans agree that the immigration system is undesirable. But I, I will say most people, I think, overestimate what is happening at the border because of our focus, again, on the southern border in particular. And when we talk about the Ukrainians that we allowed in, when we talk about the Afghans we allowed in, um, there is much less consternation. And I think we need to really investigate why that is, why some people's claims are viewed as legitimate and other people's claims are viewed as less than so and perhaps even dangerous. Um, okay, well, to, well, to the country. Absolutely. Well, Rebecca, let's let's pick up on that. Why do you think so many people do see migrants arriving at the border as a threat? Is it because words like invasion are thrown around? 
Absolutely. The rhetoric that has been used by um, the right wing and Republicans has only increased. It, it's only gotten more dramatic, um, even though uh, the, the situation, while there are increased numbers of people coming across the border, the way people are coming across the border is the same as it has been for a number of years now. I think it's also really important to, to your question um, before about how this affects the, the large cities to the north, and, and also how this uh, affects cities to the south, like El Paso and even Eagle Pass, the solution to that is to allow people to work. And that is what those mayors have been asking for. And so it seems a bit disingenuous that on the one hand, we want to use this talking point of people in these cities are overwhelming the services. And then with the other hand say, but we are also against the, the methods in which we give these people permission to work temporarily while they're here, which is what temporary protected status, among other things, does. And John, what do you think about that? Because there are two things that the US needs. It's more people and it's more workers. Is this not a natural fit? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I'm, I'm a big believer uh, in, in legal immigration, and I do think we need the workers, and I've said that on many different occasions, but they need to be here legally, and then there needs to be an orderly process. And when you start granting uh, legal working permits to people who came here illegally, uh, it becomes very problematic because it, it creates even more of an incentive for people to just go bypass the system and then go get jobs illegally. Um, and so that this is... This is what we've kind of created. Uh, we've created a system that incentivizes other people to come and go outside the system, never show up for their court hearings, which so many of them never do, and just find jobs. Well, you know, get, and get paid cash. Uh, and so, and the other, the other thing, and this is what the left would say, someone like Bernie Sanders has said in the past, is that does when you have a, an influx of illegal workers, it, it depresses wages. Uh, and that is an, an issue that that labor unions are concerned about. That's certainly the, the concern of, of, of left-wing politicians and right-wing politicians who have been making the case that if you're going to lower wages, uh, you know, that's bad for ordinary workers who do, do it play by the rules. And, uh, you know, I, I would say that one of, the, one of the things that the big business gets attacked for is encouraging uh, influx of illegal labor so they can pay people less. And um, that is one of the things that Bernie Sanders in the past has attacked big business in the Chamber of Commerce for. And now you see increasingly uh, members of the, on the right attacking big business for the same reasons. Right. Uh, Nambi, the, the system is pretty broken, isn't it? Because we do have Biden trying to put more legal pathways in place with processing um, centers in, in other countries in South America and with this new app that you mentioned earlier. But the trouble is, it's simply not enough. The waiting times are too long. It's too difficult to use. It's too difficult to access. It's not working. What does need to happen? Well, look, I mean, I think this is not going to happen in a single administration. This system has been broken for a very long time. And I think when we think about um, who is there to process, I mean, these really important vacancies on immigration court. So not only does that court need to be expanded, but the vacancies that are there need to be filled. Uh, I think we need to think about how people access um uh, a counsel, because legal counsel is really important in these cases. And again, I want to stress for your viewers, 
People who are engaged in an asylum process are not the same as undocumented migrants. They are part of a legal process that is acknowledged by international law. They have a right to engage that process. And so part of what uh, people have been saying is that if we are concerned about immigration, like my colleague just said earlier, give people an opportunity to work while they're here. Because when we have put people on these kinds of programs where they can work while they're awaiting their hearings, they usually show up because mm. people have an investment and they want to be here. So this idea that that people are just going to kind of run into the wild and, and not show back up is not really been borne out by the evidence. People want to be here because if they get caught, the likelihood of them ever be able to come here through some legal means is forestalled. So that is not actually accurate. So I think that needs to happen. I think we also need to have a real conversation about what Americans want people say we want people to play by the rules and we want people to come here legally. But what does that actually mean? Because people here seeking asylum are engaging a legal process. Yes, it is broken, but that is the process that this government has had for multiple, multiple administrations. And so when people engage that process, there are still going to be some to say, well, they didn't do it the right way. Well, what is the right way? People don't actually have an opinion, don't actually know because they don't mm. know what is involved. It's very arduous to become a legal resident of the United States. Rebecca, I, I would quite like to know what are considered the legitimate and successful ways you can apply for asylum in the US. Sure, and, and Nyambi is, is totally correct. Entering the southern border to seek asylum is legal. Simply declaring them uh, illegal immigrants uh, does not make it so. And people who access, whether they access it through a port of entry, which is also a legal entry. So many of these people that we are declaring illegal immigrants and crossing illegally are in fact doing neither. They are legally here. You are allowed to be in the United States while you pursue an asylum claim. And you are allowed uh, under not just international law, but under U.S. law to access our asylum system. And many people are doing so at our ports of entry, but those are, in are indeed broken. And so when people are desperate and need to get out of violent situations, they are crossing irregularly. But that does not mean that their presence in the United States is inherently illegal. I, I also think that you know people can come in through a number of parole programs that have been been uh, created by the Biden administration, but those are limited in, in both by nationality, but also by whether or not you have the ability to, um, for example, get a passport, a, a, a non-expired passport from countries that in some cases like Venezuela um, or Cuba uh, simply don't have a system to, to provide those. And so there are, are limitations to that. But I, I, I do want to reiterate um, again, that seeking asylum is not illegal mm. and being in the United States as you seek asylum is also not illegal. John, Adambi touched on this, saying that the system has been in place for decades throughout multiple administrations. Why has the U.S. Congress failed to approve proper immigration reform for decades and how urgently is it needed to do so? Well, they've, they've tried. I've been involved in many efforts to try to pass comprehensive immigration reform. And uh, typically, um, it, what happens is that the hard right uh, does not really want to uh, what they call grant amnesty, which is give people uh, legal status who, when they came here outside of the asylum system, which many, many do, 
um, and they don't want to create that kind of give that kind of amnesty. Um, and um, you know that that is what uh, crashed in 2005. I think there was an effort in the 2013 or something that failed as well. Um, the system is so broken right now, though, that I do think that Republicans and Democrats have to figure out a way. Uh, for the good of the country and good of the economy and good for the re good for the region, good for our national security, to find a way to get more immigration judges, get uh, complete control over the border, makes people who are coming here have the kind of um, security and understanding that they can try to go through the legal asylum process and not kind of go around the system. Because I think that a lot of people feel like they're never, never going to get a, a chance to do that. I think if you talk about the app, the app is very unpopular because people can't can't access it and can't figure out how to mm. how to how, if it will help them. So uh, there's just a lot of things that have to happen um, to um, make the system better and. I don't think the political will is there to do it this year. Um, and I'm not sure if it's going to happen next year either. Sure. No. And now, we've got a, a, a government shutdown looming next week, and Republicans are making border security a key issue. What do you think is going to happen? Are they going to hold up this stopgap funding measure, trying to push through something that they know full well is not going to be passed in the Senate uh, and therefore cause a shutdown of the government? I wish I could say that the government shutdown wouldn't happen, particularly given the disastrous um, economic conditions that can create in the D.C. Mm. region. But I don't trust this um, set of Republicans, quite frankly, to do that. I think what um, John will say here that I agree with is that there are places, there is there are some interesting overlaps between Democrats and Republicans that could be exploited and explored to create, I think, this comprehensive immigration reform. But it is a very winning political issue, quite frankly, mm. um, depending on who your base is. And I think for that reason, we won't see it because most Americans do agree that they would prefer more border security. Most Americans do agree that there need to be these pathways toward legal citizenship. Most Americans do agree that children who were brought here uh, without documentation should have a way uh, to achieve um, regular citizenship. Um, but they're still going to be infighting as long as there are political points that can be scored with people's lives, unfortunately. And I don't see a way out of this uh, anytime soon. And so on that, I think John and I are in agreement. Mm. Rebecca, are, are you also in agreement there? Do you think we'll ever see the political will to explore areas that do overlap on this issue? Well, I would hope so. And I think that what the conditions that need to change, um, as Nyambi uh, alluded to, are those conditions in which uh, talking points um, and the use of immigrants as political pawns uh, outweighs any sort of commitment to real comprehensive reform. And I also believe that there's a lot of uh, misrepresentation and misunderstanding of what is happening at our, our border. And so when we continue to simply uh, use uh, sound bites and, and talking points that don't really get into the, the, the issue of, of what how our border actually operates in, in these systems, um, we're simply uh, going to continue to have uh, a deadlock on, on being able to come up with creative solutions to, to these issues. Okay, it's been a very interesting discussion today. Thank you very much to all of you for joining us, Niambi Carter, Rebecca Wolf, and John Ferry.
This episode was produced by Dermot Fleming, Paul Ging, Fungi Nguyen and Paul Taylor. Studio sound was by Renjith Kurian. The programme was edited by George Joseph, Zaina Bada and Joe DeFrias. Be sure to subscribe to the Inside Story podcast to catch every episode. Thank you for listening and tune in on Wednesday for our next edition. Coming up on The Take, a U.S. senator is accused of taking bribes in exchange for foreign policy favors for Egypt. That's The Take by Al Jazeera. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.